Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires. Like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. A dominating defensive performance, especially in Chicago and especially on Monday Night Football, and that's what we got Monday night as the Bears took care of the Seahawks. Yeah, here in Vegas, we've got around the Wise Guy Roundtable, pregame pro Steve Fezzik. He's probably the number one NFL expert out there. He's the only two-time Super Contest champion, which is like the World Series of Poker for NFL handicapping. And Brad Powers, we're going to be talking Alabama. Is Alabama the best team of the century? That's a reasonable debate right now in about five or six minutes. Fez, as a professional, what did you take away? The scoreboard, everyone sees the scoreboard. That's easy. A lot of people watch the game when it's in front of the world on a Monday Everyone sees it. What did you see that maybe the casual fans in between bites of Doritos didn't see? The relentless pressure of the Bears' defense. They got six sacks. That's in the box score. But I got to tell you, RJ, it wasn't just the six sacks. Russell Wilson running for his life, first two drives. He winds up not picking up first downs because of that pressure. The Bears were on him all game long. Now, Seattle, Russell Wilson, top five quarterback by consensus opinion, in Las Vegas, but the O-line, one of the worst O-lines out there. So my question is, Seattle with that bad O-line, my question is how much of Chicago's pressure was about Seattle's bad O-line, how much of it was Chicago's just one of the five or six best 
front sevens in the NFL. I think it was more Chicago because, let's face it, Russell Wilson can get that pressure on him and escape it against other teams. The Bears now have 10 sacks on the year. Mack is added to the team. This is going to be a top 10 defense. It's going to be a top 10 defense. It's not a top 10 defense today? It is a top 10 defense. Okay, okay. So, Jonas, we were talking, you know, and again, your role is a vital one, speaking for the fan, the fan's perspective. When you think about Mac as one of the best uh, non or, or best defensive players in the NFL, and you think of let's say uh, Brown, wide receiver from the Steelers, one of the best. Uh, we could say Le'Veon Bell, one of the best. We can go up and down the list again. Non quarterbacks. As a fan, what's your gut feeling of the value of a Mac? versus, let's say, a great running back? Um, I think it's all about what you have currently on your roster. The Bears always lacked a a pass rusher. He's the first – I mean, he's potentially going to be the first double-digit sack artist in Chicago since Willie Young, who was converted DN to outside linebacker in Chicago back in 2013. The fact that they... I, I thought he was going to say 1913. Oh, yeah. For it, some it's reason, been a while. I forgot, I forgot about Willie Young. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time, but that's, <laughs> that's, been, that's been what they've been lacking in Chicago is that edge rusher, and now that they've got it, you just see a completely different defense. You wonder... Uh, turnovers are going to go up because you're going to force quarterbacks into bad throws because they're going to be pressured. You saw a pick six uh, uh, last night in that game from Prince uh, Amukamara. I just think depending on what you have on your roster, what's there, if you can if you can tie up all the loose ends by making a move and it costs you a couple of first-round picks, if you're the Bears, it was a no-brainer. Offensively, they still got some things to figure out, but I think his – Already being there two weeks in, immense improvement in Chicago. Yeah, so we'll get to the quarterback side for a second. Sticking with the question and the defensive side, I think what I hear Jonas saying is something I agree with, which is it matters what you had before this guy or what you have without him. Josh Gordon, the news broke right before the show yesterday, going to the Pats. Fez, you said he moves the line a half point. And I said, wait a minute. There's only about three dozen non-quarterbacks, about 36 that move the line a half point. He's one of them? And you said, well, listen, without Adelman, and he's out for a while, suspended, he takes them from having hardly any playmakers to having a playmaker. That's mighty valuable, and especially over one game because we don't know his uh, Gordon's longevity Right, but we know he'll probably play the first game he's supposed to play. And I'm hearing the same thing with the Bears, but a little differently. I think he's I think Jonas is right. Best defensive player on the team in a long time. But also that was a pretty good defense to start with. And two plus two doesn't equal four on defense. Sometimes two plus two can equal five. Because if he just got one or two really good rushers, you can double team him. But as you keep adding rushers and uh, pass rushers, it might be what we see with the Rams to some degree up the middle. You can't double team everybody. So Matt, it's almost like the opposite of offense. On offense, going from zero to one guy is mighty important. On defense, if you have zero really good guys and you go to one, I'm not sure it really matters that much. And if you look at the Raiders last year, how good was their defense? Not, not very good. This is the same Mac that's supposed to be a game changer because they can double him. But with a mighty good D to start, you add Mac, 
it could uh, wreck havoc. Great point. The Bears were seventh in the league in sacks last year without one real big-name star, and now this opens it up for a Trevathan and their other pass rushers. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Last question on Monday night, Trubisky. Mike Lombardi, I heard him on another show. He'll be right here at bottom of the hour saying, listen, this guy's not a natural quarterback. He's a great athlete, has a great arm. And when Nagy, the new coach, has him scripted, robotically, do this, do that, do this, mighty good. We saw a touchdown first drive against the Packers, touchdown first drive last night. As the game progresses, as they like to say, the script runs out. Trubisky looks to be not just average. He looks to be below average at this point. He does. He looks he looks so comfortable that first drive. You nailed it, RJ. It's all scripted for him. And as soon as he has to go ahead and have any sort of creativity, he falls back to look for one receiver not doing anything as far as making plays happen. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Mike Lombardi, he worked with Belichick. He worked with Bill Walsh. He worked with Al Davis. And now he's talking to us straight out of Vegas. Now, you were with the Patriots uh, what years most recently? 2014 through the, through the 16 Super Bowl. Now, historically, and I was a big Steelers fan growing up, they won four Super Bowls between my fifth birthday and my 10th, and I lived an hour away, so it makes sense. I had the Terry Bradshaw jersey and everything. But Chuck Noll, if you look at his... Uh, record in the 80s was certainly not an elite coach or at least the team wasn't elite Belichick feels like a different breed Uh, I was a big fan of the book uh, the making of a coach by Haberstam I think it was and uh, and, David Haberstam yes yeah very good in regards to like really getting into the intellectual side of Belichick's evolution as a coach his father etc do you feel like that these younger guys, at this point, do you feel like Belichick is still clearly in the very top tier of coaches? Because if somehow he weren't, it wouldn't be the exception. It would be the rule with the great coaches as they're moving towards 70. You know, I, I think this. I think that the NFL is no longer a league of head coaches. It's a league of specialization. You know, last night Matt Nagy never looked up. He was calling the game. He's an offensive coach. He's got Vic Fangio coaching defense. You know, the era of football that you grew up in that I've known my whole life has been head coaches. You know, they command the room. They tell what we're going to do. Now we're in an era of specialization, subcontractors. And I think we've lost the art. And so when teams mess up game management at the end of the game, everybody goes crazy. But the head coaches really aren't trained to do it. They're just trained to call the game as coordinators on one side of the ball. It's a dying breed. I mean, the NFL is a harder job to get as a head coach than the United States senator, but it's also tougher to be a true head coach. If Belichick decided one day he was going to coach the wide receivers, he could go coach the receivers. If Bill Walsh wanted to go coach defensive backs for the 49ers during their heyday, he could go do that. Today, that's not the case with most head coaches in the NFL. So what I'm hearing you say, and we're talking with Mike Lombardi, he just came out with a book. Gridiron Genius, a master class in winning championships and building dynasties. Uh, actually, one of our assistant producers here, Mackie, has just bought the book. I'm anxious to read it myself. And guys, listen, how rare is it that someone writes a book 
that truly was on the inside. I mean, think about it. What's Lombardi know about football? Well, you know, he was there with Belichick for a Super Bowl, Al Davis. He was there with Bill Walsh. And this is the guy that's telling you about the NFL. Think about that, and you should be going to Amazon to order that book. Mike, what I'm hearing you say, though, in a weird way is if somehow the other teams were forced to have one guy do a big chunk of the work, Belichick would still be the best, but maybe his anachronistic approach, and we'll say that in quotes, his outdated approach, or maybe a less modern approach is the way to say, puts him at a disadvantage. Not really, because he still does everything. I mean, if you attended, if the fans ever attended a Saturday night coaching meeting with Belichick, when he goes over how the game's going to get played the next day, uh, you know, it it's, it's belongs in the Hall of Fame, and, and it's down to the detail. I mean, just take, for example, Super Bowl 51. He spent Thursday and Friday putting in extra periods because he felt his team might get up by 19 points and needed a two-point conversion. So they spent a lot of time on two-point conversions Thursday and Friday went over it, made sure there was enough plays in the offense to have that. Then what happened? They got behind. They needed two-point plays to catch up. It's that part of the game that we're missing, how to anticipate what's going on. Last night, you know, Brian Schottenheimer wasn't going to, wasn't reactive to what the he needed to do. He went down the field when he went to a spread attack, picking the ball around. Russell Wilson moved it down. They got this 17-10, to 10, and then, then they hold him. In the very next drive, he comes back out and tries to run his conventional offense. You've got to adjust to the game. You've got to see the game as it's going. Most great head coaches in football are spending the first quarter figuring out what the game plan was and did we practice and what do we need to do. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas, speaking with Mike Lombardi. Has a podcast, GM Street, with The Ringer. Also writing for The Athletic. Let's talk Gruden. Here's another coach uh, returning after a decade or so, and when I say another one from the older school, what's your general level of optimism about the Raiders in the next couple weeks? Let's go short-term, and then let's go three-year horizon. Well, I think this. I think John's never really been the Belichick type. John's always been the offense coordinator. When he was the head coach of the Raiders, he, he ran the offense, and that's what Al wanted. You know, when I was with the Raiders, I recommended two people. I recommended Bill Belichick for Al to hire. He interviewed John Gruden, hired John. Obviously, John had success in Oakland, and Bills went on to have success in New England. But Al never really wanted a defensive coach to be his head coach, so that was never going to happen. But John, look, his team got better on Sunday. They moved the ball effectively. Derek Carr threw it down the field. He's a career 7.0 average per yards per attempt guy in his life, and and last week he was in the he was over nine yards per attempt. He's working the ball down the field. They ran it. They were able to to get the game. They had a chance to win that game. I think they. They really played their best football, and they're going to play better. They go to Miami this week. Miami's defensive coordinator is running the same scheme that Denver ran. I think they'll be able to handle Miami. They'll play from in front, which you have to do when you play Miami. If you let Miami get the lead on you, Miami's pass rushers become in vogue, and they get to be participate in the game. If you can play from in front, Miami can't do that. That puts the pressure on Tannehill to have to make plays, and on third down, that's when Tannehill doesn't succeed. So I think for the short term, I think the, the Raiders are going to be better. Long-term-wise, I think the issue is going to be what John does as the general manager for John Gruden, the head coach. And that's always been my question about John. Can he handle both jobs, and does he have a vision to look forward? He's talking about rebuilding, and yet he has the oldest team in the NFL. Those two things typically don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. So 
I think the jury remains out. I think John's a good coach. I think he'll be a good coach. The quarterback will play well. I think the general manager, John, is going to have to prove he can do that job. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen. Hey, guys. So he's saying Alabama should be better. Joe Clatt is better than even money. Well, right now, if you shop a little bit, and remember with future bets especially, you've got to shop them. One place a team can be 30 to 1, next place they're 50 to 1. I mean, that kind of disparity. Shopping gives you extra good value with futures. Bama, you can get plus 140. So if they do win the title half the time, plus 140 is a wonderful bet. Let's go quickly around the horn, starting with Brad Powers with all the college knowledge. Right now, give me a percentage number. I don't want a money line. What's the chance Bama wins the title? 65%. Wowza. So yeah. you would like lay 150? I would lay 150 right now. Fezzik? 44%. So a little bit less, but plus 140 you still like. What do you think, Jonas? <sighs> percentage? I would... I- I love Alabama at that. If you can if you can get money back by betting on Alabama, why wouldn't you at what you've seen so far? I hear you. So, Fez, here's the question. Bama is one of the most public teams. If you go back, I think it's, what, 10 years, Brad, you did, did the work? It's like almost 59% against yeah. the spread. Last 11 years, if you blindly bet on Alabama every game, you'd be 59% against the spread. <laughs> so, Fez, this is a very popular team. Why is there an overlay here? It's just it's just the market hasn't caught up to how good Bama is, even though they've dominated? It's because historically the bookmaker knows the field in almost every year should be favored against any one team. They struggled with this in the NBA. Remember, RJ? Golden State against the field. They didn't want to make Golden State the favorite. That was a mistake. Same thing could be happening with Alabama here. And clearly the market hasn't caught up with this year's Alabama team, at least for the first three games of the season. Right now, Alabama covering point spreads by 20 points per game. Biggest cover margin of any team in the country so far. So takeaway here is... Usually, betting the favorite on a future pool isn't a good thing. Here, though, Joel Klatt and the pregame pros think Alabama plus 140 is a mighty good bet to win the title. Live. Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you. Graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.